0: Welcome to Potlucky, a Weed Sommelier podcast. My name is Liz, and I'm your host in Weed Sommelier. I review strains, recommend things to Munch On, and talk to guests about their history with weed. I've been a consumer for nine years, and I am located in southern Maine, where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am joined today by Jim Barry, the inventor of Mile High Cleaner, the Canamag, and the Triple Brush, um welcome he has also uh sold furniture to the government for 30 years i uh, not at the same time i'm assuming uh welcome welcome to the show jim
1: well thank you liz i appreciate being here
0: yeah would you like to tell us a little bit more okay so so what came first the selling selling furniture to the government or uh inventing things
1: well actually the selling furniture to the government i had been doing that for 32 years which meant uh, most of my profit went straight to my psychoanalyst because I was dealing with the government. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much fun as you'd think, uh, but I will say that uh, getting money back from the IRS by selling furniture to them, boy, that was a good feeling.
0: <laughs> uh, did you ever feel tempted to like frame an invoice? Like, ah, oh, this is the government giving me their money.
1: Yeah, I, I have been tempted but uh, that's kind of my past now, and I, I think I'm going to uh, move on from them just so it's not so uh, so terrible for my mind.
0: <laughs> I understand. Um, so how did how long ago did you uh, concoct mile high cleaner and you know other forms of uh, bong maintenance supplies?
1: well it, it during that thirty two years, I really couldn't partake in pot. I had smoked it when I was. A teenager didn't really do much. While I was dealing with the federal government, I learned a whole bunch about the Clean Air Act and how to uh, take care of uh, toxic solvents and disposals and things like that. And I I ended up with 15 broken bones, nine concussions, I totaled three motorcycles, uh, two into deer and one into a Jeep on I-70. And after a certain amount of time, I decided that's it. I'm not going to do any more pills. I'm going to get my medical card. And when I got my medical card, that was when I realized that the same toxic solvents that we use to clean the resin from the bongs, pipes, or trim scissors is the same chemicals that the federal government had been telling me for 32 years are toxic and bad for the environment.
0: Okay. So Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so how does that translate you know these damaging solvents that were you know taking big rips of through like a bong or something how, how that would impact the body in some way i'm imagining
1: well it's partly impacting the body uh which is a a very major kind of thing but there's a lot more to it than just the body um the on a on a Larger level, it turns out that uh, isopropyl alcohol is a solvent and a VOC, and as a VOC, is actually uh, responsible for, it, it's considered a major contributor to ground-level ozone. And ground-level ozone kills a million people a year, but it's mostly the very old, the very young, or people that are already predisposed with lung conditions. It was, uh, it, I actually found a, a bit of information from the uh, uh, New Jersey Department of Health. The, it's called the Hazardous Substance Fact Sheet, and it says the following chronic long-term health effects can occur at some time after exposure to isopropyl alcohol and can last for months or years. Effects may include reduced memory and concentration, personality changes, fatigue, sleep disorders, reduced coordination, and or effects on the nerves supplying the internal organs. It can also affect the liver and kidneys, which is our biggest uh, filter for our body. So this kind of stuff definitely not so good for you.
0: At mm. least, so. you know, and Mile High Cleaner hasn't released their ingredients because you know trademark reasons. So it could be um, isopropyl alcohol and salt. There's certainly kind of, some kind of smell and like a like a second component that's the abrasive. Um, But with your product, you don't need an abrasive. How, How does a Mile High Cleaner work, Jim?
1: Well, that's a really good question, because instead of using solvent action, which is dissolving, it actually changes the resin on a molecular level so that it is no longer sticky. You can simply wipe it or wash it away as easily as almost any mess in your home. And the thing about that is the fact that every mess that you clean up, no matter what it is, you have some sort of tool to help you accomplish it. If it's the toilet, you have a toilet bowl brush, plus even the bottle of toilet cleaner is specially made so you can squirt it up underneath the rim. So those are tools to clean. And the big thing about this is the fact that we use tools for everything, whether it's toothbrush or the foaming brush at the car wash or all the scrubbers you have in your sink, All of those things are making your life easier. But with cannabis, we decided, oh, we're not going to use tools. We're just going to use solvents. And that's not a really efficient way to clean. It's actually not how we clean anything else at all. If you have some sort of detergent or cleaner, there is an associated brush, scrubber, or tool to aid in that cleaning. That's the way the cleaning should be. And that's the actual simplest form of of doing things is what we gravitate towards if you think about it you know most people uh still complain about doing the dishes but the reality is it only takes a couple of minutes to do the entire dishes from your uh dinner as long as you're using tools if you have a pan that you're trying to soak and you know you you want that to become clean after it's soaking you're still going to use a tool on it a brush or a scrubber or something. Well, that's what I did with cannabis so that you can use those kinds of tools to clean your bong or pipe. So pretty simple.
0: <laughs> I think that's a that's an excellent explanation. And I'm so glad I muted myself because I immediately um, dropped my clicker and then like a pipe in my wall started gurgling. Um, but I think... I think that's an incredible thing to say, like, you know, for cleaning, we do have specialized tools, like we have toothpaste and toothbrushes, we have shoe polish and shoe brushes and those little hedgehogs that hang out in the front door, you know, like we have, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it. And uh, like car washes, um, you know, I've d- like, we don't have tools for cleaning trash cans, we have, you know, a thumb over a hose to get some pressure, but... You know, imagine how clean your trash cans would be if there was, like, a tool designed to do that. I mean, we have trash bag liners. That's not necessarily, you know, uh, a solvent or something. But um, I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, And I I agree with you. One, when I was doing a... We're still in the intro. We're getting into the uh, interview part a little bit. So I'll wrap this up and we can move on um, to the munchy moment. Or sorry, this week's weed product, which I guess we're already freaking talking about. We're talking about Mile High Cleaner, man. And you're the inventor. Um, so we can break the rules for you, man. Um, yeah. I I agree with you. So this project, I I talked to Jim. Uh, we were introduced through uh, a friend, my uh, acquaintance Jennifer Wetzel of uh, Independent Diamond Brokers, Main Growers Marketplace. Um, and I, I tried this product because I I knew I was going to be doing a project involving like bong smoking. Um, and cleaning my bong is my absolute least favorite thing in the world. In fact, I'm, I'm, my bong is kind of shameful right now because there's a big chunk of something floating in it. Um, but I've committed to not dumping bong water down my drain um, or in my toilet. So, and it's cold outside, and I don't want to go outside and dump it. So, um. but you're right; it's infinitely easier not to do something than to do something. Um, and my high cleaner made it easier for me to clean my bong. I did so using soap, like dish soap, is part of the process. Right? Correct. Okay, so this is something this is a transformative material that enables you to use dish soap on it and treat as a, treat it as if it were a dish
1: correct, so my yes. next and question
0: the- is, can I put it in the dishwasher after I've applied mile high cleaner and you know made it into like a cohesive like um like dissolved the um what do you call it the resin
1: yes, once it's it's melted away then. Certain bongs can go in the dishwasher. Uh, it all depends on how much water would actually spray up inside the piece. So probably not something that's got a lot of bends to it or has a lot of percolators to it. Mm-hmm. But that's actually an okay thing because the, that's the reason why we created all the other tools for cleaning. Some of the tools that we have are like the uh, the, the triple brush, which is a 16-inch long brush that... Uh, is specifically made to go past the ice catchers. There's usually those three little protrusions inside a bong to hold up an ice cube. And this is three brushes together that actually slips past those and scrubs all around them automatically, as well as the Canamag magnetic scrubber. And that one's the really cool one where it's a, a rare earth magnet coated with vinyl to protect your glass that you drop the magnet inside your piece and then with a stronger magnet uh, in the wand on the outside, you guide the magnet through the resin and through the formula to scrub the interior of your bong. It works really well. And uh, it makes it to where typically I can clean a standard basic flask bong in about 90 seconds.
0: Wow. But this is, you know, regular maintenance that you're doing, right? Once a week, something along those lines.
1: Well, actually, I've gotten to the point where I can't go two days with a bong because of the smell that it creates. I mean, think about it. A lot of people will go ahead and take a bong and rinse it out and reuse it day after day until they get so fed up that they're willing to go ahead and finally go through the hassle of cleaning. Well, if you're going that long before you clean your piece, keep in mind that germs, germ colonies, double in size every 20 to 30 minutes. So a standard uh, filtered water that you would put into your bong, not not distilled, but filtered water, starts off with about 10,000 germs per cup. Well, if you're going... Uh, an hour well all of a sudden you're up to eighty thousand germs and that's about when the bong starts doing that smell and and Mm -hmm. you've smelled it i mean it's it's horrendous it literally smells like an outhouse after about an hour or two hours depending on on the conditions and when you think about it most people will clean their toilet once a week but their toilet never smells. I mean, at the end of the week, maybe it might smell a little, but at the end of two hours, your bong is going to smell like an outhouse.
0: I've noticed... Oh, pardon. Uh-huh. I said, I was going to say, I've noticed a certain smell blindness that lasts until I exhale. Like I'll take a big rip and my mouth will taste disgusting afterward. And I like, man, I got to go brush my teeth. Um, And you know, that's just, that's laziness on one part making me have to do maintenance in another. Like if I clean my bong beforehand, I mean, I, I would probably still be interested in brushing my teeth, but it wouldn't be, you know, a necessity for me to interact with the public. Um, So I I get what you're saying, but I I think most people kind of grow blind to that um, because it's just easier.
1: Well, and that's the big point because we, you know, if you think about uh, pouring some ISO and salt into a bong, then you shake it for a while and then you set it aside and you come back and shake it again for a while and you set it aside and you pray that it's actually clean, Mm -hmm. but it Typically, you know, there might still be some spots left in there that are soaked in this toxic solvent. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to be healthy for anybody, no matter what way you slice it. So going without cleaning your bong, I mean, if you had a a drinking glass of water and it had a single speck in it, you'd put that glass back in the sink and go get a,
0: a clean one. Oh, Jim, you're being very generous. I, you know, I was actually going to comment, like, my water glass habits, I don't know if they've gotten worse since I've become, like, like a bong owner in the last, like, five years. Um, But, like, I do that. But that's mostly because I have a jug in my, like, I have mobility issues, and I live on the upstairs, um, and I have a jug in my room as opposed to having a million water bottles. Um, I have one cup that I rotate out every couple of days, but I agree with what you're saying. People that are you know, thoughtful and careful about the things they do, think about the maintenance required to keep doing those things. And bong sanitation is one of them.
1: Very much so. I mean, we, we actually learned a lot from COVID about saturation and, and uh, exposure. Well, if you're exposed to 10,000 germs in a cup of water, that's no big deal. That really doesn't have an effect. If you're exposed to 100,000 germs in a cup of water, well, that might have an effect if you're exposed to a million germs in a cup of water, that's Mm -hmm. like inhaling through a fetid swamp.
0: You know, and risk- Uh, risk management, I think, uh, you know, like seatbelts are risk management. Every time we get into a car, we accept the risk that, you know, you could do something or someone else could do something or the elements could affect you in a way that you're, you know, harmed. And so to manage that risk, we have seatbelts and like needle exchanges are another example of this. Um, And, you know, smoking isn't good for you. We can't we can't deny that. But, you know, this is another way to reduce the amount of resin going into your body and, you know, interacting in your environment and going down your drain
1: that well that's true and and really what you're looking for is the smoke to get into your lungs not to dirty up the water make things smelly or you know mm-hmm. cause problems and for that you know a lot of people will go ahead and uh toke out of a bong to get the nice mellow hit and the whole route but is that actually eventually going to harm them and you can kind of see it if you go on to instagram there's a lot of people that that do live shows and they're taking rip after rip and then they're coughing significant amount of time in between. And when you look at their bong, it's really, really dirty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's actually all part of one problem. It's they're inhaling through f- festering fetid water that is not good for them. And they're drawing that that deep into their lungs. Well, that little moisture Uh, that you can't even see is actually has germs clinging to it. And -hmm. it's that saturation in your lungs that is caught might be causing those coughing fits or the chronic cough that you end up having even for days at a time that can all be associated to the same thing. And that's inhaling through dirty water. And unfortunately, you know, rinsing it, that doesn't really cut it because if there is resin on the bong and that's moist resin then it's harboring thousands of germs bacteria fungus whatever it may be so (laughs) go ahead
0: you make me want to brush my teeth again (laughs) um but uh, let's talk about the opposite of brushing your teeth uh which is a terrible segue but um this is the munchy moment for the week. What do you like to snack on when you have the munchies, Jim? Well, my
1: biggest thing is sugar in the evening, okay? So it, it almost doesn't matter what it is, but the favorite right now has been uh, pineapple that I uh, slice uh, chunks of pineapple, put it into a, a frying pan, put some butter with it and uh, uh, brown sugar, And get that all melted and starting to uh, caramelize a little bit. And then pour pancake mix over the top of it to make a uh, pineapple upside down cake in a pan.
0: You mean a pineapple upside down pancake?
1: Yes, basically that (laughs) is it. (laughs) And it is
0: good. (laughs) Oh man, that's some sound- I'll have to tell that to a friend, but I'll have to like be there with him because he'll wanna make it and I'll be like, okay, I have to monitor this amount of sh- I'm talking to you, Dylan. Um the-, the amount of like brown sugar going into the pan, because it's like you're making your own syrup. That is brilliant. Um, and I feel like my munchie moment, like, for this week was a, oh, what do you call it, a Greek yogurt cup? They all say, like, low-fat. I don't care about the amount of fat. It's the amount of sugar that gets you. Um, yeah. And we the, we all know the, the, the cravings, the hold sugar has over all of us. Um, and so my recommendation is a like mixed like when the fruit is mixed in greek yogurt like berry for some reason that really hit the spot the other day i like the fruit on the bottom ones you know i'm always in the mood for for yogurt but i'm not always in the mood for that texture so sometimes i'll get the ones that are like not greek yogurt they're just like the 60 cent one that you put in a kid's lunchbox, box um, and then there are the greek yogurt ones that you can mix or not mix um, and then finally there's the uh the dollar yogurts. We're getting to some serious territory here, and you know that because they have a separate container for the toppings. Um and that is that's my munchie moment. I had a uh like a coconut cream not coconut cream, sorry, key lime pie yogurt that had like crumblies and like the yogurt was lime flavored and it had white chocolate chips. Um, I learned the other day that apparently key lime pies are popular, not because they're like, that's a tradition in Florida or anything, but because, you know, back in the days, advertisers wanted to sell more limes. Um, And so they came up with that dessert. And I'm I'm just, you know, repeating this information after hearing it on a podcast, but apparently a lot of foods happen that way, like orange juice, uh, bacon, all of those, you know, their popularity is due to the advertising behind them.
1: Yeah, for years, uh, bacon was hard-pressed to be sold because nobody wanted to buy it. And then they did the big advertising on it, and now everybody thinks bacon is the greatest thing
0: ever. So. And it belongs at, like, a breakfast table, um, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, <laughs> who doesn't enjoy the smell of bacon cooking but, like, oh, it's so it's not good for you?
1: No, but the plus is you only need a little bit to flavor a lot of stuff. I am oh, yeah. I make a, a little breakfast kind of deal where, you know, it's got a little ham, a little bit of bacon, but it's broccoli and peppers and onions and things like that all together uh, with cheese and green chili over it. Mm. And it's actually excellent. So it all depends on, on the amounts you use, because at that point I'm lo- using like maybe a tablespoon, a teaspoon of bacon but it actually flavors it quite well instead of, you know, it's literally less than half a slice of bacon, but it's perfect for the breakfast taste.
0: I agree. I, um, for the most part, identify as a Piscatarian or a vegetarian. However, bacon, I'll I'll cook bacon and make it crispy and give it to my brother and then use the bacon fact to make carbonara um, and like cook my mushrooms in it. So they're incredibly bacony, but like, you know, that's where I draw the line. (sighs) I kind of want to
1: change my, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I I, I get where you're going. I mean, if you're absorbing a lot of that fat, it's going to be a problem. But what you've done is taken just the essence and flavors of it, and you've got to use an oil anyway, so that's not a bad way to go. I like that.
0: Yeah, I actually um, I made French onions. Okay, I'm going to change my my munch. My honorary munch this week is cooking with uh, you know, various animal fats. Um, I'm you know I'm I'm all for using all the parts of the animal that would otherwise be chucked in the waste. Um, I made a delicious delicious uh french onion soup and it's because i took the roasting tree from my family's christmas uh prime rib which i didn't eat any of um and then i roasted bones in the oven and then i you know had an au jus packet laying around um that i doctored up with a bunch of spices and then i made the best french onion soup i have ever made um so this week's recommended munch is pan drippings <laughs>
1: And we know those are all so good for you, but boy are they tasty. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. My goodness. The the fond is the essence of flavor. Yes. My goodness. Uh all right, Jim. Do you know what time it is? Uh
1: it's probably time to smoke.
0: Yeah. Are not- you <laughs> Are you ready to do
1: some weed? I am. I'm gonna try and uh uh my bong is out in my garage because I don't really smoke in the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and make it out there without this breaking up so I can do a bong hit.
0: Well, actually, the good news for you is. We are back. This week's guest has a weed word that they would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you, if you do this, it will be on the show, pending absolute foulness. Take it away, Jim.
1: Well, my word is canasumer. That is the cannabis consumer that is driving all of the purchases and changes that are coming in the cannabis industry. Can-assumers are going to change the world, and I'm proud to be a part of it.
0: Excellent. I appreciate there was a definition and its usage in a sentence. Excellent.
1: Good. And I thought of one more thing that is a uh, tasty treat when I have the munchies. Uh, It's only for this time of year because you really only see the Queen Anne chocolate-covered cherries this time of year. But I take one of those chocolate-covered cherries, put it onto a microwave-safe plate, and nuke it for four seconds. What happens is the cherry inside will heat up faster than the milk chocolate on the outside. So when you pop it in your mouth, it is actually melting from the inside out and is the best way to eat one of those chocolate-covered cherries.
0: Man, you know, I was about to, you know, yuck your yum because Queen Anne's, my goodness, those are the worst. Those are the ones you get at like a, you know, a Christmas event that you bring home to your kids and your kids are like, thanks. Yes, Um,
1: exactly. But try it this way and they actually become palatable and really good.
0: (laughs) So how did you how did you think to put them in the microwave?
1: Well, it was simply because, uh, you know, I I keep the house kind of cool and I I popped one of these things into my mouth and said, well, that's just okay, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought about it for a couple of seconds. It's like, oh, maybe this will work. And I tried it and it just happened to be that the amount of time I used was the perfect amount of time the first time. And it was, it was heavenly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about when I microwaved like a... A cherry pie, like a Little Debbie, something like that, like a donut. Like, oh my gosh, it was—it's it's 400 calories for one of them. It's all sugar. It's like 70% of your daily recommended sugar intake. However, putting that in the microwave for about 15 seconds, mm, exactly what you're talking about. Um, exactly. <laughs> a secret little treat, you know, for every now and then. Not a, not a thing you should do for breakfast every day because... Oh,
1: that's a good thing that these Queen Anne cherries really only show up around Christmas time.
0: Yeah, so stock up now. Um, all right, so we are moving on to Puff Pass Peer Review. Uh, how are you feeling, Jim?
1: I am feeling much better. I, I went out and did a couple of bong hits during the break, and uh, uh, the world is, is a happy, fun place. It may not make sense when I talk about it because I'm stoned, but it, it's a happy, fun place.
0: I agree. Thank you for sharing this vibe with me. Um, on the topic of things you shared with me also, thank you very much for the Mile High Cleaner. We are specifically talking about the Deluxe Cleaning Kit. Would you like to remind me what goes in this kit? Because I've I've, you know, moved things in and out of this box because I've been using it.
1: Oh, no problem. Well, it starts off with a bottle of the cleaner. Now, a single bottle this size is usually estimated to be a, like a sample. Well, this is enough to clean an average bong about 50 times once you get good at it. To do that, we have, first off, five brushes that are all specifically made for pipes, bowls, stems, small pieces, vaporizers, anything like that. And they're uh, up to eight inches long with a protected tip so it won't scratch your glass. And it comes in four different diameters so that you can basically clean any small piece. In addition to that, there's the triple brush, which is three brushes together, connected with a knuckle, so that you can specifically clean the ice catchers. It also, when you use one of those brushes as a handle, it can extend out to 16 inches reach, which means you can get virtually any bong that's out there. But for those that you can't get, there is Also, the the Canamag magnetic scrubber. Now, this is not a new idea. There's been a number of different magnetic scrubbers out there. And I will say that this one, uh, obviously, I'm a little jaded because I invented it, but uh, it is the best of all of them for a couple of different reasons. First off, you, we're using neodymium magnets. I'm not sure if I pronounced that completely correctly, but uh, they're rare earth magnets that are super duper powerful, which allows me to make the scrubbing sh- shuttles that drop to the inside of your bong even smaller. So the, the mid-size scrubbing shuttle is about the size of a pencil eraser which, as you can imagine, is small enough to fit down virtually any stem, as well as the main body. But if you have a highly percolated bong, there's the mini shuttle, which is a bar magnet that is about the size of the pencil lead inside the pencil, just the black part. Uh, This is a white magnet that you can drop into your piece. Don't drop both of them in at the same time, but uh, you drop this into your piece if you've got tubes or percolators or tight bong that doesn't fit the midsize shuttle. The, the cleaner itself actually uh, allows this to be scrubbed out easily. Uh, if you think about it, isopropyl alcohol would dissolve any brushes or plastics or things like that because isopropyl alcohol does that. It dissolves things. So this uh, the formula Mile High Cleaner actually allows you to scrub and expect a full lifetime out of these cleaning tools. As a matter of fact, the uh, the Canamag magnetic scrubber is guaranteed for life and has a 55 year expected lifetime. So that gives you an idea of how we're trying to change it to where we're not using disposable items or toxic items. Uh, As a matter of fact, Mile High Cleaner uh, is odorless, tasteless, inert, antimicrobial, antibacterial, and antifungal, which means it cleans up the way you want it to be, but it is so natural you can drink it. That's the big thing about it. I mean, it's not meant to be eaten or anything like that because it's a cleaner, but the big thing is the fact that it's so natural that you can use it to clean. No, it's not gonna harm you or the planet. You only use 30 drops, as opposed to about 3000 drops of isopropyl alcohol per use. Uh, So you're not harming the planet virtually at all. I mean, everything has a little bit of impact, but this is actually, changing the impact from something like isopropyl alcohol to a more natural way to clean, which allows you to clean faster with no toxins.
0: I, I, you know, I shared the fun fact that you can practically eat it. And uh, my acquaintance, Mike Esposito at MCR Labs, um, said can you really do that and i'm like well i haven't tried it i meant to do it but uh and he's like just opens it and tries some um and he, he didn't really remark on the taste but he's like it's not bad um so kudos to you mike we'll um, tag you in the episode um yeah i was at a, uh the cannabis science fair that mcr put on um oh my gosh like a month ago um mm. in boston at a harvard like the science area um and I, I actually gave someone a, uh, a a sample or like one of the, you know, the bottles with like a brush on the side um, and the instructions. I gave that to someone that walked up um, who was really curious about the experiment I did. Um, if you're a listener are curious about the experiment I did where I didn't clean my bong for a week, um, you know, two weeks in a row, like a variety of experiments I did with my bong. Um, there's an issue, oh, sorry, an, an episode um, a couple back. Um, I can't remember the title right now, but you'll know when you see it. Um, I, man, my biggest question was, was this applicable to put in like a dishwasher? Not like in the spout, like the the cleaning section where you put the detergent, but like, you know, how you would do it before you add the dish, like, you know, the the soap. Um, so you answered that question early on, uh, but what else is in the box?
1: Uh, so that is the, the main tools that come with it is the, bottle of cleaner for 50 cleanings, the five pipe cleaning brushes for stems, pipes, vapes, and all other small pieces, the triple brush specifically for a bong, and then the Canamag with its two different scrubbers, the midsize and the small size. Uh, There is also a larger size that would be more applicable for an aquarium or something like that. (laughs) So Those are the items that are in the, the box. So probably, uh, you know, when you when you're looking at it, uh, this is the deluxe kit. So it, it when it not even probably it comes out to like sixty two dollars worth of product that we have uh, selling as a kit for forty five dollars. Now I will say that we can also go ahead and do a uh, uh, a discount code that's twenty percent, which will be Liz Lane. <laughs> That will uh, <laughs> go ahead and uh, give you 20% off of that kit.
0: Wow.
1: Um, that brings it down to $36. And uh, when you go to the site, it's free shipping on orders over $25, which is actually better than almost any place out there nowadays. Um, but uh, it, when you look at it, the deluxe kit is 36. So that qualifies for free shipping when you use the code Liz Lane. And I'll be putting that in, uh, before this episode airs. So uh, it should be good. So I, uh, I'm
0: flattered my my name is going to uh, open some doors for people. That almost has never happened before. Normally I'm saying people's names and it opens doors for me. So uh, uh, thanks, Jim. I'm flattered.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate what you're doing because getting out information about cannabis, uh, it brings it into normal and every day. It it reduces the stigma about it. It reduces the, the worry that people have. And, oh, God, I'm not going to turn into a stupid stoner or something like that, am I? It it makes it to where we can all relate to it better. And I think that's going to be more and more important as we go on. Because, you know, information and knowledge is power. That's all there is to it.
0: I... Agree, not just because I'm incredibly flattered. I I you know, I it, it wasn't until you said something about like specific cleaning, you know, brushes. Like I have a freaking loofah in the shower. Like, why don't we have more, you know, specific products for cleaning? And I'm not talking about like unitaskers. Um, like, you know, obviously you can use like a like a toothbrush for club, like, you know, scrubbing tile because it's a versatile and like, you know, a simple cleaning instrument that's existed for thousands of years um so like why why not have a specific tool for cleaning your bong heck it has like a a shape interesting enough to warrant that like especially with what you said earlier about you know you can turn one of those um you know cleaning brushes around and have a longer handle that's not something I thought about earlier and I'm like oh I gotta try that when I uh when I dump this bad boy out for the first time in a week
1: (laughs) well I, I applaud you for being able to go for a week with uh, a dirty bong, because <clears throat> the reality is, I, I can't even go for a full day nowadays. But you know, the plus, is I have full access to cleaning it in about ninety seconds anytime mm-hmm. I want to, so it's really not so hard.
0: And you know what? I recently got a dishwasher, also. Like I got it on Facebook Marketplace for fifty dollars. It's incredible. It hooks up to my sink. And I plug it into a wall, and now I don't have to do that many dishes anymore. So I think that'll be more time for me to clean my bong.
1: That's true, and if it is, like I say, an open kind of bong, where it's say an eight inch flask bong, where you can turn it upside down on on a post on the lower section, after you coated that resin, it will, uh, you know, dissolve it over time, no matter what. Uh, So if you took a bong and and squirted in twenty or thirty drops, and had it, it. It was enough to coat the entire interior, and you let that set uh, overnight, and then have the dishwasher run in the morning. It should come completely clean if it can spray up in there very well. So, it would work. the The one problem I have with dishwashers is almost all the uh, the cleaning packs nowadays have some sort of uh, like finish uh, anti drop. Cleaner kind of stuff that it makes it to where your your glasses don't have water mm-hmm. drop specks on them, and I find that stuff to be less than good for me. I actually rinse out every glass that goes through the dishwasher before I use it because I can always find a little bit of bubbles and suds uh, in the in the water.
0: Interesting. Um, I am not unfamiliar to that phenomenon. Every time I go to my sister's house in Tennessee, I have to like rinse out their dishware because it still smells like soap. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just because it's a shoddy dishwasher or they're using too much soap, um, but I, I understand the, it's just kind of, it's like a real appetite killer when you're eating and all you can smell is soap or you're drinking and you see, you know, something at the bottom of your glass. So.
1: That's true. Now I will say that that some of your viewers may say things like, well, I'm not gonna use any dish detergent on my bong because of that. But it's not really the dish detergent when you're doing a hand washing with something like Ajax or Dawn or something like that. Uh, That kind of cleaner has actually uh, become so much better over the years compared to some of the other things that are out there. I mean, yes, in the past, people have had a good reason to not really appreciate the dish detergent we had it was a little more caustic well nowadays it's a lot better stuff and they actually use some of these to clean wildlife after a toxic oil spill so the the big test here and this is something i actually do on a regular basis is if you take your your bong after you've finished cleaning it out with mile high cleaner completely and doing it you know as per the instructions if you squirt some water in that and swirl it around real fast. It'll make a little vortex in the middle of the water area. And you'll be able to see whether or not there are bubbles in this at all uh, left behind. And you'll know whether it's been rinsed clean. As the test subject on that, take a regular glass out of your dishwasher and perform the same test. And I'm almost positive you'll find a little bit of those bubbles. So it Mm. is the difference between hand washing is being 100% clean and a dishwasher being that, oh, it's got a little bit of film left over to make sure that it sheets off well when it's drying. you know.
0: That leaves me with a lot to think about. Unfortunately, (laughs) we're running low on time. So I'll get to the questions, you know, I normally get to first, such as what was your first experience with weed, Jim?
1: Well, actually, I found some weed when I was 13 years old uh, in the basement I didn't put it back where it was supposed to go. And I have five brothers and sisters. Well, it turns out uh, about two months later, my, my older sister said, gee, I wish I had a joint. And it all of a sudden dawned on me what that bag of weed actually was. And she introduced me to weed when I was 13 years old. So it was different. <laughs>
0: You know, I like I like using the phrase um, experience with weed as opposed to first time like consuming or smoking. Because I feel like, you know, I i got told my mom's stinky incense story um, like, man, they closed their door. It really stinks in here now. Um, but, you know, listeners can can go back through and have a have an Easter egg hunt for for me telling that story because it pops up enough. Um, what does your history of consumption look like?
1: Well, I, uh, I was very into it from about uh, 15 years old on. As a matter of fact, through high school, I had a gym bag with a canteen of water and a bong. Uh, so I was, uh, I was not a jock, <laughs> but I looked like one. So I got by with it. Um, but uh, I stopped smoking when I started the, uh, uh, being the vice president of uh, government contract sales, which was dealing with f- selling furniture to the federal government. So uh, that was definitely the, the uh, main part of my life, 32 years of that. And it was only after the eight, uh, no, I'm sorry, nine concussions, 15 broken bones, and totally three motorcycles that I uh, decided, yeah, I better go ahead and get on cannabis. Otherwise, these uh, Tylenol and Advil is going to kill me. So,
0: and a was- cleaning product made just for me. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, that was definitely when I decided to to look into uh, reinventing the way we clean, just because of the fact that, you know, after hearing from the federal government for years about toxic solvents like isopropyl alcohol and how we need to be reducing them, you know, going ahead and and realizing that that was the main way that most cannabis consumers, can-assumers, as it were, uh, go ahead and, and clean their pieces. So, kind of a shocking discovery.
0: Yes. Do you have a, like, okay, so, you know, you mentioned hitting a hitting a bong earlier. Do you have a general preference for, you know, how you get weed into your body? Uh, by far,
1: the bong is the best. Uh, I don't like uh, joints because the first hit is okay, but it's always got paper and a little bit of glue. Pipes are okay, but there's always that chunk of ash that comes through. That makes bongs really the top one, but it's a single percolated smaller bong, not more than eight inches tall, because it turns out that light affects the the smoke. Light and oxygen both affect the smoke. So the more that's exposed to light and oxygen on its trip up to your lungs, the the less it becomes. So a smaller bong turns out to be a very potent way and it takes me one or two bong hits and I'm set for two or three hours.
0: You know, and that's true. But the problem with a smaller bong, it may be, you know, concentrated, but that can also be an issue when it comes to cleaning your bong. So because of the smaller surface area, resin, you know, collects a lot more quickly. And that makes me understand, you know, more that you're cleaning your bong, you know, every every day or two, um, you know, because, you know, a bong that size, it's like washing a cup, I would imagine.
1: But... Yeah, fairly simple. And if you think about it, I mean, there's a number of different levels of bongs. There's the, what we're just talking about, a small, petite, daily toker kind of thing that's easy to clean, as opposed to, you know, a, a two and a half foot long bong or a multi-percolated bong or something like that. Because, you know, it turns out that the more you percolate the smoke, the less smoke you get, because there's all these smoke particles that are just ramming into the water and turning into dirty water.
0: Mm-hmm. Gunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We, we, we percolate the bomb once by just a single pass through. That's enough to get rid of the ash. But the more you percolate it, the less smoke you get. So you're actually just paying to dirty your water.
0: You've given me many things to think about in this episode, Jim. Um, I hope I hope listeners uh, have some takeaways from this as well. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go?
1: You know, I'm very stoned, and I'm I'm thinking that uh, I probably droned on far too much uh, uh, for your for your listeners. Uh, I apologize for that if that was the case. Uh, My I'm, guy,
0: this is a show where I interview people and talk about weed. That's like apologizing for going two facts at the Olympics. <laughs> so no worries. Um, all right. Where would you like people to find you, Jim?
1: Go to milehighcleaner.com. That is probably the easiest way. And that's where we're going to have most of our discounts, uh, such as the 20% off using Liz Lane. We're gonna use that as all one word, uh, Liz Lane for 20% off of uh, anything you want in the store. I highly recommend the uh, the Deluxe Cleaning Kit, not only for the fact that it has all the tools, but it also comes with free replacement for life of all the tools, even if you lose them. So on your next order, after you buy the Deluxe Kit, uh, you need a new replacement brush because you, you Damaged it while you're doing your first clean, and it's just really needs replacing. Let us know. There's a box you can check, and you get free items that uh, replace any of the damaged ones in your deluxe kit for
0: life. That sounds like one heck of a deal. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, once you register that kit, you end up with a with a pretty good deal. Uh, we're trying to make it more that you have every tool to clean you're doing it the easiest way there is, which is very, very similar to doing your dishes. And that is the highest pinnacle we have for cleaning at all. I mean, you literally, besides a a clean room, you can't get better clean than washing it in the sink. So this is kind of the top way to go. And I think it's actually the direction we're all going to be going. Because I can't imagine Captain Kirk uh, taking a break at the end of the day and shaking a bong (laughs) <laughs> isopropyl alcohol and salt and then dumping that out it just doesn't kind of co- correlate for the future kind of thing
0: you know i can imagine in my head like the do you remember those i'm a pc and i'm a mac with um john hodgman and justin long commercials recall that yeah um uh like a, i don't know just something like i use mile high cleaner i don't and one guy's just standing there shaking a bong and the uh i don't know the <laughs> other guy's like um you know just smoking weed and then goes back and washes his bong again and then the guy's still there shaking it and uh i don't know well something silly like that um that is perfect
1: and i i exactly remember the commercial because the the guy uh, didn't say anything the first guy does all kinds of stupid shit and the second guy is like oh (laughs) yeah that is funny
0: I, you know, I remember it. I'll have to watch it. I've just pulled that out of my uh, deep, deep storage place in my memory. Um, but that is all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is The Irish Washerwoman" Woman as arranged by Mailey Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me them at Potlucky Podcast like what we do and want to see us grow, consider supporting us on anchor.fm or perhaps naming a discount code after me for 20% off on Mile High Cleaner. Um, That is all the time we have. You'll hear from me next week. Uh, So Jim, we will say goodbye together. Goodbye. Goodbye.